Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Sure, we've all had fun messing around with AI image generators and conversation bots, but AI is more than a novelty, and it's possible that your business could benefit from AI integration. SAP Business AI can help your business innovate, whether it's supply chain, finance, human resources, sales and marketing, even a generative AI co-pilot. SAP Business AI can offer the solutions you've only dreamt of. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Learn more at sap.com slash AI. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to an all-new edition of We Got Next as we shine the light on the next wave of fighters who are on their way to big things, are are embarking on a new journey with big things that they have earned already. I, I just love doing this show. I love being able to have these conversations, do some more interviews, and kind of showcase the next wave of talent in our great sport and we have a pair of great chats lined up for the show this week before we get to that i am mike heck i hope you're all enjoying this show thus far and all the other shows on the mma fighting podcast network so if you haven't done so already make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to this program or all of our other programs if you would like you can leave a kind word or two leave a five-star rating all of that good stuff because it goes a long way and we thank you very much for doing that now i'm not here to waste your time i'm not here to wax poetic we're here to talk to the fighters and that's what we're going to do right now so let's run down the lineup later on we're going to talk to joseph holmes who had a nice performance on the contender series a couple of weeks ago he got a finish in the second round but he didn't get a contract however dana white did not slam the door on him he wants to see him again, and he's going to see him on November 14th at the Fury FC looking for a fight card. He's going to reveal his opponent, and then Joseph's also going to reveal how the fight came together because it's a pretty fascinating story, in my opinion. So that's coming up on the back end of the program. But first, let us welcome in probably top three most controversial signings of the Contender Series era. He goes out, submits Mitch Raposo on week seven of this season of the Contender Series in the second round. He is the now former Cage Warriors and EFC flyweight champions. The talent is certainly there at 125 pounds. The, the performance was contract worthy, no doubt about it. But he missed weight. And Dana White still signed him. And according to Dana, he caused some problems during fight week with some members of the UFC staff. So we're going to... Hear it from the man himself. We're going to get Jake Hadley's thoughts on those topics and much more. 
It is an in-depth conversation. We covered a lot of ground, so let's get to it. Here he is, Jay Cadley. say hello to the newest member of the UFC's flyweight division coming off a submission win over a very game opponent in Mitch Raposo. There's a little dramatic, but he made Dana White break all of his rules and he's still got a contract despite a lot of things that happened throughout the week, apparently. But Jake Hadley joins us. Very excited for you, man. Congratulations on the UFC contract. Welcome to the UFC. How does that all sound right now? Uh, that sounds amazing. And uh, thanks for having me on the show as well, by the way. Uh, yeah, I feel amazing. Yeah, it's been, as we record, a little less than a week since it all went down. Has it has it sunk in yet? I mean, you've been dreaming of this for a long time. And now that you can actually say, I am a UFC fighter, how does it all feel? Well, I knew this was eventually going to happen. Um, but what makes it more special is under the circumstances, how it happens, you know, being the first fighter to miss weight to get to the UFC, uh, UFC through contenders. I'm not trying to speak like that's an accomplishment or something, because obviously I don't want to be missing weight. Um, but, you know, the things that have happened um, has made this even more of a bigger thing, you know what I mean? But obviously I knew that I'd one day I'd be in the UFC, but, you know, it's an amazing feeling to prove a lot of people wrong and prove a lot of people right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's a big moment of my life in, in my life right now. I, I talked to Mitch before the fight. And yeah. one of the things that, that I noticed right away when the fight was announced was there was a lot of buzz around it. Like the matchup itself between you and Mitch, people were excited about it. They were ready to see it. It felt like two of the best unsigned 25ers in the world were getting ready to fight and we we're going to get it on ESPN plus for free. Were you starting to feel that buzz too? Did you see the reaction to the matchup on social media and seeing all the hype behind it? Yeah. Well, I feel like there was a lot of hype behind me being on contender series in the first place. Cause obviously, as you know, I'm a uh, two promotion world champion being with the cage warriors and EFC, which is big promotions. I've got a lot of big wins behind me. You know, former Ultimate Fighter guys. I fought on Bellator as well. You know, um, you know, I already kind of already deserved the UFC contract. I'm the number one guy in Europe. As far as Mitch goes, Mitch is um, you know, a bright talent. I've heard myself here, even here in the UK, and um, whichever talent is, um, you know, other fighters speaking very highly of him and stuff. Um, you know, he had that performance on the Ultimate Fighter where. He was the number one seed. He was the number one pick, but he didn't uh, perform it the way he thought he was going to. Um, I believe that's because he's too small for Bamton weight. Um, yeah, but, you know, I, there was a lot of hype behind the fight. I was kind of shocked that it weren't my event. Me too. I was shocked that um, it weren't my event, especially considering the main event, no disrespect to them, but one was five and oh, the other one was five and one, but I hadn't beat anyone that beat nobody. And, you know, with my, with my record, you know, my last four or five years I've beat, have been top level opponents. Obviously Mitch is a former ultimate fighter. So, you know, I thought it'd be a bit higher up on the card. Yeah, that was, it was one of the, the fights I was looking forward to the most for the season, no doubt about it. Kind of going back to to fight week and and all that and the weight cut, is it was it, would you say that was the hardest weight cut of your career? What, what would you say happened? You know, leading into stepping on the scale and 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 missing weight and and not being able to hit the mark. 
Yeah, well, it was definitely the hardest weight cut of my career. Obviously, I don't want to be giving no excuses about why I miss weight or whatever. Like, no one wants to hear any shit like that. You know what I mean? No one cares. All they care about is that you miss the weight. Um, you know, but but obviously, I was meant to fight on contenders in the twenty first of September. I was told outright by my manager that I would not be fighting on contenders. So don't get your hopes up. So I was completely out of camp for a good three, three plus weeks. I was still training twice a day, six days a week, but obviously it got a bit heavier. Um, I've come over to the US. My weight was going on track. It was going down and I was going well. I was right on track with my other camps because I keep log. Um, but then um, I just all of a sudden stopped sweating and I stopped um, going to the toilet and stuff like so. I already knew I was in trouble then um, because obviously I was water loading and stuff and I, and I weren't going to the toilet. So obviously I'd eaten something or drank something, what, I, what was holding on to my water weight and I couldn't get it off. So I was doing extra training sessions with plastics on and stuff like that, trying to sweat. And I weren't, I weren't sweating and stuff. So I knew I was in trouble. So I started cutting weight early which I would never cut weight that early. I started cutting weight the night before and I didn't sleep all night and I cut weight all night all through to the next day. And I would have made the weight, but I just ran out of time. So I thought, all right, then let me miss the weight the first attempt and I'll go back and cut the weight again because I had enough time to make it. But then someone told me to wait. They said, wait over here for um, a minute, Jake. So I was waiting there 20 minutes. I'm like, what's happening, man? Why ain't they come? So then, you know, we're waiting there and then my coach goes and asks someone else and they says, why are you waiting there for? Go cut your weight. So it ended up just being a, a bit of a, a mess up, you know what I mean? But I don't want to, you know, think about that too much now. You know, it's the first time I've ever missed weight. I fought all my amateur fights at flyweight, all my pro fights at flyweight. Um, you know, it's just one of them things, um, you know, now everyone, everyone's saying, oh, this guy can't make weight, blah, blah, blah. But I, I can, but, you know, it's just one of them things that's happening. I, I definitely don't want to harp on this too much. We'll talk about the fight and what this all means in a minute, but you said something interesting there, so I just wanted to follow up. You said that you were kind of put off to the side for 20 minutes before your coach came over and said that you could continue with your weight cut because you had, I believe, another hour to, to try to yeah. make it. You felt like you could make it. Dana had said, and I'm sure you heard this, obviously, because he mentioned it before he gave you the contract, that there were some issues between you and the UFC staff. Did it have to do with that? Was it because they put you to the side, you had no idea what was going on, and then you didn't have the appropriate time to actually cut? Um, no, that wasn't the, 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 the problem with the UFC staff. I was told after the fight by my management and on and, and one of the situations, one of the problems, also, uh, Diana told me about it. To be honest, when he told me and my management told me, I was in total and utter shock um, why, the, why the reasons was. Now, I, I, don't know, I don't know if I can come out and talk about it or whatever. I don't really want to upset no one else, to be honest. So I don't know if I should come out and talk about it. Um, but put it this way, 100%... Um, I didn't mean the way people have took it. Like, you know, basically it's like, just like little situations where 
you know, I don't know, I don't know if I can talk about it or even if I should talk about it because obviously I don't want to get into any more problems with anyone. But trust me when I say like uh, I didn't mean to upset anyone, but um, you know that's not my way. I want to upset fighters, yeah. I want to upset fighters, <laughs> but I, I don't want to upset general population. I don't, you know, especially staff who work for a company. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to upset staff who work. That ain't my my game, I want to upset fighters and get in on their nerves and make them think, oh, this and that about me. But, I, you know, for a, a civilian who works at a, a place, nah, I don't want to upset no one. Would you say it was just a misunderstanding more than anything? Total, total misunderstanding. Total misunderstanding. Okay, fair enough. So after the whole weight miss and the mishap and everything, did you feel like the, like your UFC contract was slipping away considering how, what Dana's stances and the company stances on contender series fighters missing weight. It hadn't been done before. Did you feel like, listen, even if I go out there and put this guy away, I'm going to get there eventually, but maybe it's just not going to be now. Yeah. Well, I expected not to get signed. Um, but when I, when I signed, the dotted line for the contender series in the first place. I, you know, I, I, I expected a contract, but, you know, also I'm coming to win. No, no. First and foremost, I'm coming to win. Now I fight entertaining. I come forward. I put pressure on people. I beat people up. You know what I mean? I, I, I come entertaining, but if I have to be boring to win a fight, I will. I'm a winner's win. You know what I mean? So, the end of the day, I thought, well, you know, and the way Mitch fights, no offense to Mitch, but Mitch does fight a little boring. He like runs, he runs around a lot. Um, you know, in certain, some fights before he was, he was on the ultimate fight. He just stood in front of the guy, and just did enough to win. You know what I mean? So, you know, he's a boring fighter. So, you know, I made the fight entertaining by coming at him and coming after, which I do to everyone. But um, my point being, um. No, I didn't. I didn't expect to get signed. Um, you know, I was thinking to myself, I'm going to go out there and smash these geezer in, but I probably won't get signed. But I knew my performance after I'd won the fight. I knew it was um, a good performance. As in, you know, I've just ran through this kid. You know, who's who's good. Um, I knew it was a good performance. But I, what I expected was maybe another contenders opportunity, or you know, something like that. Which you know. I would have done, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I'm just over the moon. I got the contract. Diana sees what I, what I know is there. I'm a special fighter. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like he said. Yeah. Dana kind of spoke for a lot of people, I think, because those who have been watching your career knew that you probably didn't even need the contender series to, to get a UFC opportunity. You were probably ready. Were you surprised that you even get a contender series opportunity at this point? Like I, I thought you were just going to bypass the system, maybe get another win, maybe two, and then you were just going to get signed outright. Were you surprised that when a contract came, it was for the contender series and not a, just an outright UFC fight? Yeah. Well, I was, I was definitely surprised when it, when I first got the, the, the contract for the contender series, we weighed it up and we was like, all right, then, the contender series is better than any other option we've got. So we took the contender series. And I don't know if many people know this, but originally contender series was meant to be in July. <laughs> and uh, I turned fights down on Cage Warriors to fight in July. And then that got pushed back till September. Yeah. And then my visa fell through and then that got pushed back 
to October, you know. So, um, um, what am I saying? So basically, I forgot what I was saying, but uh, <laughs> you basically just kind of rode the wave to October to this point because yeah, you're already um, preparing for a fight in July. Yeah. So I forgot what your question was, but it's, I've totally gone blank. But um, <laughs> sorry. No, I was saying, like, were you like even being offered oh, a contender yeah, series yeah. fight in July? Were you surprised by that? Yeah, basically, as well. When the September fight fell through, I was totally and utterly surprised, like, um, like amazed that they offered me another contender's fight. Because I thought, you know, my fight fell through through no fault of my own. I'm not, I'm not saying it's anyone else's fault, but it did fall through for no fault of my own. I expected a straight contract, to be honest. But that didn't happen. They offered me the contenders and, you know, and they offered me a good opponent. So, you know, I, I, I've took it. That's how bad I want it, you know what I mean? That's how bad I want to be in the UFC um, and, and be a UFC champion one day. It's just unfortunate that we've had these bit of issues here. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it makes things a, a lot more interesting, that's for sure. The first round between you and Mitch was pretty competitive. It was kind of split in how people scored it. Some people scored it for you, some people scored it for Mitch, but then obviously you turned up the volume end of the first round into the second. Did anything Mitch did in that first round surprise you at all? Um, no, nah, nothing he did surprise me one bit, really. Um, I'll tell you what, actually, actually, yeah, um, through watching footage of him, I thought to myself, when I watch this footage, that um, you know he likes to back away and he's going to be hard to set down because of the distance he keeps and he keeps running around hard to pin down. Like, um, so, but when I watched him, I thought he ain't going to shoot a takedown on me because he knows just through watching footage of him, I'm watching footage of myself. He knows he can't handle the jiu-jitsu with me. Yeah, that's what I thought. So he did. I did think. He'd try to take me down, but after I'd smacked him a few times, that's what I thought. But I hadn't really landed a lot on him before he'd even started shooting. So, but I think I, I tied him up pretty easily and, and I almost had him out there. I had the shoulder lock on him actually. And I messed that up myself by trying to armbar him off that shoulder lock. So, um, you know, I was beat, I was fighting him at his own game, trying to beat him up in his own game, really. Cause that's what I'd say Mitch is best at is basically boxing. And I'd bit of wrestling here and there, you know what I mean, just to steal around. But what he's really best at, how he wins his fights, is running around on the back foot with the boxing. He's got good boxing, like. And I was fighting him in his own game, beating him in that. And when I thought to myself, all right, then, you know, it's time to take him down there. And I took him there. I just got him out of there as quick as lightning, you know what I mean, which shows and proves I could have just done that in the first round if I wanted to. You know what I mean? I just wanted to, um, you know, test myself. I'm, I'm, I'm playing his game, put stick it on him in his own game, and um, uh, even even if Anta took him down, it would have been a matter of time before I knocked him out anyway. Um, so that's what I believe. But um, you know, I thought it was the right time to take him down. You know, that's good fight IQ on my my own part. Uh, took him down, took his back, choked him out. I noticed he gives his back in his fights. I'm like, I study these guys, you know what I mean? Like, I don't just, you know, oh, I'll turn up. I study these guys, my team studies these guys. And it, and you can ask Forrest Griffin if you want, because he was watching my training in the PI or anyone who was watching my training in the PI. 
the exact way I took his back and chugged him out, I trained that all week. All week long, I trained that exact thing. And you know that Omoplata game? Yep. I was drilling that as well the whole week. I promise you that. And um, I did it on him. So I, I just knew what these, these guys was going to do. Yeah, he did surprise me with the um, the takedown. I thought I'd had to smack him a few times before he tried to take me down. I thought that he'd believe that he wouldn't be on my level on the ground. But, you know, he's young and he's a bit a bit not so clever because he's young, isn't it? I'm not trying to diss him, but the, you know what I mean? But there you go. So you win the fight, you get the submission. You're wondering if you're, you're feeling like you're probably not going to get the contract. You're sitting in the back. Dana's talking to Laura Sanko, talking about you. Felt like it was, uh, there were some tough decisions. There were two fighters who, who missed weight. You were one of them, but you got the finish. And he awards you the contract. What are you thinking at this moment as he's talking? Because it seemed like he was talking for a long time. Normally in these situations, Dana's going to say, listen, if you, can't make, if you can't make weight for this, how can I expect you to make weight for the UFC? We're not giving you a contract. But it seemed like he was talking a lot here. Were you starting to feel like, you know what? I might get this contract after all. But I was kind of like thinking oh, might, it might give me a second chance on something or something like that. I was hoping. That's what I was hoping. I was, I was hoping and praying in the back of my mind that it'd pick me up. But you know, it was a long shot, weren't it? It was like it was more, 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 more chance. He weren't gonna gonna pick me up, especially when he mentioned I've been in trouble with people as well in the back or whatever. So I thought, fuck, I've, you know, I ain't gonna get it this time. But I, you know, I still knew my. My fighting skills are impressive, though. I still know this, and I still know I've I've achieved a lot, and I've beat a lot of top guys, and I am deserving. You know what I mean? And um, you know, if you weigh up the some of the things that have happened in the lead up, you know, maybe you know, obviously you can't take pity, but the thing is, is you know, it's the uh, one time it's ever happened. Is that one time it's ever happened in my career? And, Bloody, it's got to be on the contender series, isn't it? It's just, just you looking it, you know what I mean? But like I said before, I think it was a test from God, as in, you know, let's make everything go wrong and let's see if you can still perform. And I went out there and I still performed and I still finished him, I still beat him. And, he, <laughs> you know, and, and I got it. So I'm just happy, happy as anything. So one question I've been asked since that episode, and I don't have the answer and I was watching live is right after you went over to get your contract and Dana had finished talking to Laura Sanko, Dana had said something to you. You guys are having a conversation on camera. Paul Felder said something to the effect of, Oh, I heard that, but nobody else could hear what Dana was saying to you. Like on the broadcast, I had no idea. And people have been asking me like crazy. What did Dana say to you after you got the contract? Dana was just, just telling me about, um, you know, things what have happened in the back and stuff. Um, but he was also telling me as my, as well, how much of a special fighter he believes I am. And, um, you know, and, and I need to fix these things. And then he told me about the situation, what was happened, happened and, and this and that. And, you know, um, I'm just thankful to Dana White because, you know, he's gone against these matchmakers. He's gone against some people in the UFC and he's picked me up. So, you know, I can't, I can't thank Dana White enough. You know what I mean? And and the guy is such a nice guy as well. He's, you know, so, so, so nice to me. And, uh, you know, and I, and I can tell he likes me, you know, he, 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 you know, he really believes in me. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. You know what I mean? And, and obviously I was telling Diana, listen, I want, you know, 
that won't won't happen again. Um, to be honest, I don't. I didn't know what happened till after. You know what I mean? And it's definitely a miscom miscommunication. You know what I mean? But even if I gotta keep my mouth shut the whole entire time I'm there, I'm just gonna keep zipped. You know what I mean? I ain't gonna say nothing because I don't wanna. You know, there you go. Yeah, you don't want to make anybody upset. So one of the interesting questions that Dana was asked at the press conference afterwards was because he had said that Mick Maynard and Sean Shelby stormed out of the building. They were they basically sent him to the back to make his decision with strict details saying, do not sign this guy. And Dana went out and signed you anyways. They stormed out all angry. So one of the questions he was asked was, do you think the matchmakers will kind of put you like through a murderer's row of contenders to try to maybe get you out of there, which I, I don't know if you heard Dana get that question or not, but Dana was like, I don't know, but if he does, he'll be ready for it. I think he's a really good fighter. So do you think that Sean and Mick or whoever's going to be matchmaking your fights, do you think they might kind of put you through the ringer and just see if they can get you out of there? And if so, how do you feel about that? To be fair, I've got no problem with that. They can send whoever they want to send, um, you know, they send whoever they want to send off or whoever, but also, you know, I don't really know the see I ain't going to talk about contracts and stuff like that, but I don't know. I mean, could they really send me like the number fifth, fifth guy in the world in my first fight or something like that contractively, you know what I mean? As in like pay wires and stuff like that. But, you know, to be fair, I was fighting anyone in the top 15 already right now. No problem. Um, but, you know, I'm not the businessman. My manager's the businessman. He's the one who says, oh, listen, you want Jake to fight number 10? Well, let's raise his money. You know what I mean? Can they, re I don't know what they can, what they can and can't, cannot do. All I'm saying is I'll fight anyone. But that's up to my management, who's the businessman, to sort that out as in, oh, Jake will fight anyone, but let's add some money to that. You know what I mean? Or let's do this and let's do that. But, I'm ready for anyone. I've already said, give me Little Figueredo, Little Figueredo who's had multiple fights in the UFC. They can fast track me if they want to because I'll just go straight to the top quicker anyway. Um, I don't see anyone, you know, the more good, listen, the more good, you know, number 10 ain't no better than number 15 and number 15 ain't no better than the unranked guy. In my opinion, I'm looking at the division and I'm seeing unranked fighters who I think all oh, these guys are good, man. And I've seen guys in the top 10. I'm thinking, mm, top 15. I'm thinking, mm, I, don't, I don't really think he's that good. Or some of them, I'm thinking, oh, he's good. You know what I mean? But I don't, the, the flyweight is such a new division now. I know, I know it's a, been around a long while, but it's just only just come back in the UFC. That the, the division's wide open. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Brendan Royval come to the UFC. He had two fights. He's number fucking three in the world or whatever he was at one stage. You know what I mean? Off two fights, so I mean, and he was only the LFA champion, which is a big promotion. Let's not get it twisted, but you know, Cadro is an LFA, probably the same level. You know what I mean? So, and I've got two titles. So, what's saying they ain't going to stick me in with the number five guy, or you know, this the through Manel Cape straight to the World Wolves day there because he was risen champion. You know, so you know. I ain't really too fussed, but you know, that's they've got to go from a management in it. But if you ask me, bring whoever. If you had it your way, when do you want to make your debut? Like, do you want to try to get one in before the end of the year? Or are you thinking maybe early 2022 at this point? Well, 
um, you know, if if it's going to be the end of the year, it's going to um, realistically needs to be like December 18th for the last one of the year. And um, I could do with knowing pretty soon, really. Um, you know, obviously, you know yourself, you know, I need a proper camp if I'm going to make the weight, you get me? Um, so, you know, December 18th, but I need to know pretty soon. Otherwise, I'm saying February times. Um, but, you know, bring whoever they want to bring. And I, I know I'm a company man. I'll fight whoever Dana wants me to fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, whoever he wants, let's bring it. So if you had your druthers, if you had a choice, it seems like Francisco Figueroa is kind of at the top of your list. You think that makes the most sense? Yeah, it makes sense to me because I like I like that he's got a name behind him and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And um, he's he's unranked, so it's not like you know he's on the he's on the same sort of you know place in the in, in the UFC I'm on, just an, an unranked fighter. So that makes sense. You know, there's other guys in the division that make sense, you know what I mean? So, but I think he's probably the, the biggest named unranked fighter, as in everyone knows him because of his brother. So it's just like, you know, smash him up for no problem. Do you think Davison could beat Moreno in this third fight or no? Um, Davison's a great fighter. I think, uh, Moreno's a great fighter, but... Um, I don't see. I don't. I don't see. I think Moreno is going to take it again. Um, but you know, Figueredo can catch him. But I highly doubt it. Um, they two great fighters, but um, I highly doubt it. And you feel like obviously you stack up with these one twenty fivers. You're ready for all of them at this point. But is there one guy in this division? I mean, it's not. It's not like trash talk or anything like that. But is there one guy in this division at this point that you're just like? I just want to fight this guy. Like it would be a lot of fun. His style, my style, getting these, getting us together in that octagon. It's just going to be a crazy fight. Is there somebody that sort of sticks out to you that hopefully someday you get in there and mix it up with them? Obviously, you always, you always say you want to fight the champ. But one guy who I, oh, I really want to fight even right now is probably Figueroa, the you know older Figueroa, bigger one, um, the you know the former champion, Figueroa. That's who I want. Um, but you know what I'm saying? It's all gonna come. It's all gonna come pretty soon. Is there a reason why it's him over everybody else, or just just a good test you know, for you? When he was the champion, and everyone was scared of him, like in a way, like he had this fear behind him. I remember watching him and thinking, "I'm gonna fucking smash you." Up. You know what I mean? And the way Miranda beat him the last fight was the way I was looking at him, thinking, "This is the way you, to beat this guy." You get me? Like I was thinking that before and. Um, before they even fought, and and he beat him that way. Um, so you know, it's just I've been watching these guys, and I've been you know already thinking out, you know, planning now I'm gonna smash this guy. You know what I mean? You know, I did that before, but before I was like before I was the UFC champion. I was studying Zulu boy when I was an amateur, and he was a world champion. Studying, studying now I'm gonna beat him, and I was doing I've been doing that with Figueroa. You know, the last like three or four years. You know what I mean? Before that, it was my Harris and stuff. Um, yeah, but I, I just like that matchup. I like that matchup. Um, you know, I don't think it's that far away. I think two years and I'll be the champion. You know what I mean? Especially if they're going to, oh, I don't like Jake, let's fast track him then. Just going to get me there quicker. But, you know, I don't know 
there's no reason why the matchmakers wouldn't like me because I haven't said any, I haven't even spoke to them apart from when I come out of the cage and I was like shook the hand and whatever. So I've never spoke to them. I, I don't I don't think they dislike me. I just think you know obviously I miss weight and they don't like people to miss weight and get signed, which is fair enough. Know what I mean? Um, I don't see how anyone could be you know, upset with me over the decision Dynamed. You know what I mean? It's not on me, you know. Um, so I haven't really done anything wrong towards towards them, you know what I mean? I also, my backstage issues, they're basically resolved, you know what I mean? Um, so there you go. That's all I can say about that. A couple last quick things. Um First of all, there, there, a video surfaced, and I think Dana commented on it too. It's, it was you making a birthday wish, and your wish was to, to make it to the UFC. And now that you're here, going back and watching that video and just just taking a look at that that wish and everything, not a lot of kids like at, at that age are going to say that they want to be firefighters and astronauts and all this, doctors or whatever. You're like, I'm gonna, I, I want to be in the UFC. I wish to be in the UFC, essentially. And now that you're here, how crazy is it for you to go back and, and see that video now? You know, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's like everything. Like you know, when these people say, "Oh, fighting's been my life. Fighting's been my life." Most of them hasn't been. Fighting's been my life. My life forever. Before I even started training, I wanted to be a UFC fighter and a UFC champion. That's before I even started step foot in a gym. And, you know, they used to ask you at school, very young age, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" I want to be a UFC fighter. I want to be a UFC champion. These are the things I used to say. I didn't even step foot in a gym. I didn't even know how to throw a jab. And then, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I couldn't even throw a punch and I wanted to be a UFC fighter. Um, a young kid dreaming, dreaming of it. You know, one day I'm going to get there. One day I'm going to do that. One day. So all, all I've ever dreamed of it's, and um, to to achieve half of the dream, which is half of the dreams to get to the UFC, the other half is to be the champion. You know what I mean? Um, you know, to achieve that, it's a big thing, but it feels it feels like it was meant to be. You know, I was meant to happen. Obviously, I didn't expect it to happen in the situation it happened in. You know, but you know, but you know. It's made it even better. It's made it feel even better that I've got enough these sort of uh, circumstances. It's made it feel like even better. But you know, I knew this was going to happen. It's been my dream my whole entire life since I since I've basically come out of the womb, mate. It's been my whole dream, my whole life's work. This has been. What about it as a as a young kid? made you think like you want this is before you like you said before you could even throw a jab before you stepped into the gym before you th- could throw a punch you were dreaming of being a ufc fighter like what about it made you want to become part of it to be honest to be honest i don't really know as in like i used to watch it on the on the, on the telly with, with like my dad i also used to like watch the boxing and whatever fighting was on the telly you know even back then young kid wrestling and everything and i was just more entertained with the with the MMA. I used to love the MMA. I used to, you know, love watching it. And then we'd, you know, I'd have my friends, I'd have some friends over there who said we shouldn't really have been watching. It was too young to watch. But we'd go around the house and we'd watch 
the fighting. And then we'd go in the garden and just grapple each other and try to armbar each other and shit, just make it up on the spot. You know what I mean? And then I used to go to school and I used to just be in fights all the while. I was, I was, I was crap at everything. I couldn't, I couldn't throw, I couldn't kick a ball. I couldn't throw a ball. I couldn't listen in class. But I'll tell you one thing I was good at, and that was fighting. I was good at fighting when I was at school. I was just naturally good at it. And then also, you know, as a young kid, you know, you get into fights with kids in the older years or whatever, and maybe they used to beat me, but they wouldn't want to fight me the next day. I'd always, and, and, and I was very poor at communicating with people and, 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 and um, you know, none of the girls wanted to talk to me or anything, but everyone wanted to talk to me after a fight. So I felt, I felt, you know, I felt wanted in my life after something for the first time, you know what I mean? You know, so that I was drawn to fighting because I was good at it, you know, and I liked to watch it and I was good at it. I think whatever you're good at in life, you like it. If you're crap at something, you don't like it. Like, I'm, I'm rubbish at football or what Americans would call soccer. So I hate it. I hate, hate it. I can't watch it. Can't, you know, talk about it. I don't know nothing about it because I'm not good at it. But fighting, I'm good at it and I know about it because I wanted to know about it because I was good at it and I was naturally good at it. And that's it's just inbred into me because my family are fighters, a lot of my family are fighters. So I think it runs from my bloody, it's in my DNA. I can't help it. I can't help but be a fighter because it's in me. You know, even if, just say, for instance, even if I didn't want to be one, I couldn't help but be one because it's in my blood. It's in my DNA. I can't help it. That's what I was born to do. That is an incredible answer, Jake. Last thing for me, obviously this signing, I mean, I'm trying to think of other contender series signings that got this much attention. Maybe the Greg Hardy signing, but you're right up there with his. I mean, Greg's signing was was met with things in a much different fashion than yours. But for the people who support the signing for the people who don't support the signing for the matchmakers who are upset about it for the fans who talk crap about it. What do you want to say to everybody as you prepare for your UFC debut, probably sometime early 2022. I haven't really got much to say to anyone other than you can love me or hate me. But to be honest, I've been loved and hated my whole entire life. I'm like Marmite. <laughs> I don't know if you know what that is. I, I, I don't know if that's a UK thing, Marmite. Basically, people either like that or they hate it. You know what I mean? And that's what I've been like my whole entire life. When I was growing up as a kid, I just think I'm a hard geezer to get along with. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people dislike me. But a lot of people really like me. The guys who know me really like me. The people who dislike me. But at the end of the day, I don't care. Because I'm coming in here. All, all, all I've got planned is to come in here and be the champion. I don't care if you like me or dislike me, but at the end of the day, you're going to tune in at the end of the day. So what do I care? Um, I'm, all I want to say, though, is thanks for all the support and thanks for all the hate. Um, you know, it strives you on at the end of the day. I mean, when I was a young kid at school and a teacher said to me, you'll never amount to nothing in your life. You'll never be in the UFC and all this. He told me that, yeah, when I was a young kid. And I can still remember it today. You know, things like that spur you on. People are just spurring me on. They're just helping me along. They're just helping me push. They're helping me say, 
all right, then I don't want to go for that 4 a.m. run. But you know what? I'm going to go for that 4 a.m. run because you're talking shit that I'm, I'm not going to do anything and I'm not going to be anything. You know what? I'm going to get up and do that run because you've motivated me. I would have done it anyway, but I'm just saying. You know what I mean? So thanks to everyone. And um, at the end of the day, the OG, the real OG of the fight game, Dana White, the real original gangster, the, He's better than anyone, any promoter, any better than any promoter, like even including Don King or anyone you want to mention. He's better than all of them. Yeah, he knows when he sees a, see a star, and he said he sees a star. And I know I am, but when the OG says that, you're like, yes, I know. You know what I mean? And and he knows, and he made the right decision. I'm going to prove he made the right decision. Well said. Do you actually have teachers tell you? You're not going to be anything like you're never going to be a UFC fighter. You had teachers actually say this to you. Yeah. I had teachers say this to me when I was at school. He was a deputy head teacher. I said, I seen him a couple of years ago. Actually, I bumped into him a couple of years ago, but he was all right. But like it's water under the bridge. I don't, it's like, I don't care what he said. It spurred me on, but I had teachers say that to me, but I was like, you know, no, a bad kid at school. Didn't want to listen because I, I thought I'm going to be, I don't need to listen to this. I'm going to be champion of the world. I'm going to be in the UFC one day. And you know, when someone says, don't put all your eggs in one basket, I'll put every egg in the world in that one basket. Like I ain't got no, there's no backup plan for Jake Hadley. There's no, oh, I've got a degree in this or I've got a mate. It's either fighting and be world champion or be, be broken and in the gutter. That's what, that's the only deep for me because I've put everything into this, everything. I'm not telling any young kids that's the smart thing to do. <laughs> that's just the way I did it. You know what I mean? And I'm deadly serious about this game. And I, I'm willing to die to be champion of the world in the UFC. Because if I don't achieve that, my life has been a, a waste of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, I'm all in. And um, yeah. I was never expected to do anything in my life. Even when I, even when I was fighting in the MMA and stuff, there was other people who were expected to do better than me. But I've overtook all of them. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Jake, congratulations on the win. Congratulations on the contracts. No matter how you got there, you got the contract. Excited to see you make your debut. This division just got a little bit of a boost. In my opinion, I think the flyweight division is vastly underrated as it is. And I think you're a tremendous addition to it. So congratulations on everything. Heal up, rest up, get ready for that octagon debut. Because like you said, love you or hate you. Everyone's going to be watching. So I appreciate the time and uh, all the best to you for the holidays and for the rest of the year, my man. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thanks for the interview. Um, you know, shout out to all the people supporting me. Um, yep, and I'll be back soon, real soon. Thank you. Sure, we've all had fun messing around with AI image generators and conversation bots, but AI is more than a novelty, and it's possible that your business could benefit from AI integration. SAP Business AI can help your business innovate, whether it's supply chain, finance, human resources, sales and marketing, even a generative AI co-pilot. SAP Business AI can offer the solutions you've only dreamt of, Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Learn more at sap.com slash AI.
And let us say hello to Joseph Holmes, who now has six wins in a row, six finishes in a row. The most recent was on Dana White's Contender Series earlier this month, picked up a second-round submission of Shante Barnes. Unfortunately, he did not get a contract, but the door was not closed all the way because Dana White wants to give him another look in around a month or so. So let's get his thoughts on this right now. Joseph, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you went into the apex, you got to win, you got to finish no contract, but Dana obviously saw something in you to sort of keep you in play here. All in all, would you consider it a good night? All things considered. Yeah. I'm very happy about how things went. Absolutely. That's good. Yeah. How would you sort of grade your performance overall? I would grade my performance. I would say about an eight out of 10. Um, just because I, I saw growth and I saw myself do things that me and my coaches were working on. Um, I did see myself, you know, kind of be a little timid and hesitant um, at times. Um, but I was going against a very high level guy, very aggressive and dangerous dude. So yeah, I'm very happy about my performance. Is the timidity something that you've, you've had to deal with throughout your career, or do you think maybe it was like the opportunity and, you know, being in front of Dana, did it maybe like get to you early on that you had to get comfortable? No, I don't think Dana had anything to do with it because my first pro fight, I was fighting on one of the biggest stages in the world with Bellator at the time. Um, so the, the nerves and the pressure, that's all what I'm used to. And that's what I feel makes me a great fighter. Um, but as far as the, the timidness that I have, um, I think that's more my style kind of like, I don't like, you know, I'm not like in there trying to take damage and get hit myself, you know, like most of my stuff is like being long where I can't be touched, you know, and counter striking off of them attacking, you know, and moving myself just out of the way. I think it's just kind of how my style makes it for me. Like, especially at the beginning of the fight um, when guys are very dry, you know, and aggressive, um, I, I it's de they're definitely really dangerous at the beginning. So I feel like that kind of makes me a little bit more timid at the beginning of fights. <clears throat> when you talk about growth and, you know, utilizing some of the skills that you worked on heading into the fight, what, what in particular did, did you notice, did you see that you were able to, to execute during that fight? Um, I had been working on these cage takedowns. Uh, Kraus was teaching me uh, that I feel like I have down pretty down packed and able to use those. And again, keep myself safe, especially when I'm uh, pressuring someone else on the cage. Um, just kind of being able to continuously switch between this takedown, that takedown, that takedown until one of them works. Um, that's something that we worked on that I noticed that I did really well this fight, uh, as well as, um, like not necessarily always jabbing, but always using my lead hand um, to either try and knock their hand down or um, just do different things with my lead hand that I weren't, wasn't doing in the past. Are you, are, are you full-time with glory now, or is it like part of a hybrid system that you have? Uh, yeah, I guess I'd say it's kind of part of a hybrid type of system. I have, I train full-time at SFS MMA um, but glory is about eight hours from me. Um, so I'm just trying to get out there about a week, at least a week, a month, um, something like that. Um, just so I can get, um, as much time with him and the team as possible. Uh, I'd love to be full-time out there. Um, but I have a whole life in Dallas, um, that's 
a little bit more priority than, you know, moving out there just to be there more. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, at least you get out there like a week, a month. When do you remember like the first time that you went to glory? I think I saw on social media that, uh, maybe your sponsors like helped with that first trip. And then you went out there and, and obviously work with a guy like James, who is finally starting to get some notoriety for his coaching. Yeah. He's one of the best in the game. Plus he's still a, an active fighter at the same time in the UFC. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Like the first time in there working with James and, and kind of seeing the wizard in person. Wow. First time I met James was awesome. He wasn't there my first day. Um, I think he was coming back from a fight or something like that. Um, but I was out there three days the first time I went. And the first day we did just like a lot of grappling <clears throat> with me and the team. So it was okay. It was whatever. But the second day we got to do like MMA striking and grappling. Um, and that was intense. There was a lot of, a lot, a lot of guys. And this was at like 10 in the morning. So I was super surprised to see a gigantic class like I did. Um, and it was just like Krauss was there and then, Actually, one of my old opponents was there, too, a guy, Ryan Leininger, who uh, I thought it would be awkward, but he's actually super-duper sweet guy, really nice guy, um, great training partner as well. Um, but, yeah, I got to go with Kraus that time, too, and then uh, we were kind of going at it, and then on the striking, on the stand-up, um, and then he took me down one time, and then I worked my way back up, and then he, we were striking again, going back and forth, and then he took me down again, and I remember looking at the clock and there was still like a minute and 35, something like that left on the <laughs> clock. And I was like, I was like, there's no way he's going to hold me down here for this whole time. And he did. He held me down there, smashed my face, uh, obliterated me uh, for that whole minute, 35 seconds. And I didn't, I didn't get finished and I didn't give up, but it was still just like, oh yeah, I need to come out here more often. So it was amazing. First time I went. Yeah. I mean, J- James is just one of those guys right now. And you seem, you seem happy with how everything played out. You win the fight, you get a finish 90, 90% of the time when you get a finish on the contender series, you're pretty much getting a contract. So Dana's talking about you with Laura Sanko. He makes a speech, talks about the fight and says, he's going to put you on this looking for a fight card with Fury FC, November 14th. How did you react to that initially? Because you're hoping to get a roster spot. That's why you're there, but here you are coming back with the contender series season wrapping up soon. You're on a different card, different kind of an opportunity. Now there's fans, big event on fight pass. Like you seem cool now, but how did you react to it when Dana actually made that announcement? Uh, well, when it happened, I was, you know, I was, I guess I was a little embarrassed. I was kind of just like questioning myself. Like, did I not do enough? You know, like I finished him, you know, I finished everyone I fought. Like, um, you know, he was a tough guy who had more wins than I did. Um, and a lot of them were knockouts, you know what I mean? And so he's a dangerous dude. Like, so I, when it happened, I was kind of like, you know, kind of down, kind of like bummed out. I wasn't mad or anything like that. I was pretty just bummed out. Like, you know, and just question myself, like, you know, wondering like, what did I need to do different? Did I need to, you know, force this guy into a brawl, you know what I mean? Cause he wasn't the type of guy he wasn't, you know, he wasn't giving me that chance, you know, a couple of times I tried to, you know, just bite down on my mouthpiece and throw a couple hooks, but he would just circle out, you know, and he was the smaller guy. So I don't know. Uh, I, at the time I was just extremely just bummed. Um, but I've thought about it since. <clears throat> and, you know, I kind of understand like, he's just trying to grow me, you know what I mean? And then plus like, 
I gained a lot of people that now know me and follow me on social media from my last fight. And then again, fighting on, you know, Dana White's show is only going to grow me more, you know, because I'm not going to lose, you know, so people are going to see my style and they're going to, you know, see me for the first time. And Dana's going to see me for the second time. And I'm going to do the same thing I've been doing, you know, and then it's just inevitable. So it's all good. I'm still real young. I'm not in a hurry to <clears throat> fight these sharks, especially when I'm making the money that they're making, um, you know, now. Yeah. Did you talk to Dan at all that night? Mm, I did get to talk to him. What did he say to you? Uh, he was like, He's like, oh, he's like, oh man, don't hate me. He's like, don't hate me. And he like gives me a hug and embraces me. And then I was like, no, I was like, no, it's not like that. He was like, hey man, look, I like your style. I like your attitude. Um, I'm going to bring you on my show. I'm bringing you on looking for a fight. Just win that again. You got yourself a contract. He's like, um, he's like, look, um, my looking for a fight show gets a million views in less than three days. He's like, so just take it all in. Um, and I'll see you there. <laughs> there you go. Do you know who you're yeah. fighting yet? Yeah, I'm fighting uh, Jonathan Petit. All right. Do, do you know a lot about him? I mean, obviously you got to learn a little something, something, but I don't know if you're the kind of, you work with Krause, so it's more about what you're going to do. This probably, he's going to worry about the game plan and things like that. But do you know a lot about him? Like from what you've seen so far heading into this one? Yeah. Um, I used to train with him a bit when I was an amateur. I used to travel to his gym in Killeen, um, uh, Strike Kings. And, yeah, I used to train with him a lot. He was professional at the time when I was amateur just starting. Um, so, you know, he would have my number a lot. He wasn't really finishing me or anything like that, but I knew I, I had a grapple advantage, a grappling advantage over him at that time. <clears throat> um, and I've trained a lot since then. I'm a brown belt now. And I think he's still just like a purple or something like that. So I know where the fight's going to be won at. Um, and I've also grown a lot like on the feet and just overall MMA. So just combining all everything. Um, so I know he might not recognize me as much as I'll recognize him because he's, he's like a flashy strike. <clears throat> Excuse me, striker. Sorry. I've been training all morning. It's all good. Man. I need water. <laughs> <laughs> But he's a but he's a flashy striker. Um, he likes to do like spinning things and um, you know stuff like that. So um, it's definitely a great matchup of fight. It's going to be an exciting fight because he's going to bring it. Um, plus, this is probably his last chance in front of Dana. So um, it's going to be a fun fight. I'm actually really really excited for it because it's probably going to be one of my hardest tests uh, yet but I do know a lot about him. Yeah. Were you guys cool when you were training together? Yeah, no, he's a very respectful guy. We've always been really cool. Yeah. I've never had a problem with him. Um, again, I was amateur at the time. So, you know, it was cool to like kind of see him and like, you know, see how a professional, you know, moves and does things. Um, he had, he had a hard weight cut at the time. So I don't doubt his weight cut now is going to be any easier. Um, um, and my weight cut's not super duper hard. So I, I feel like I have a lot of advantages over him, especially since I got to train with him, but he might feel he has a good amount of advantages as well because he trained with me. But again, I'm nowhere near the same fighter as I was when I was amateur. Is it kind of weird that 
you're getting this fight against a guy, a former training partner, someone that you're this familiar with? Like, did how did you react when you found out that you were fighting Jonathan? Uh, Jonathan, uh, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan was the, no, it's all good. Um, but at at first, it was a little bit weird because they offered him the fight, or he or he offered himself for the fight um, before. Well, like the fight in his on his end was working before I was even in realization that he was an option. <clears throat> so obviously I heard it from him or like not him personally, but like his side of the world, you know, cause I know a lot of people out there. Um, so I heard it from his side of the world before, you know, I heard it from my management. So I, when I heard it, I was kind of just like, um, really, you know, like, cause it sounded like to me that he was excited about the fight. You know, he was all like, Oh, I'm about to fight Joe, you know, woo, doo, doo, woo, you know, talking back and forth with Eric and stuff, you know, and I'm like, you know, why are you excited as if, you know, you just know you're going to win this fight or something, you know, like what, what makes you excited? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, you know, I just reach out to my management. And I'm just like, Hey, all I say to them, I was like, I used to train with Jonathan Petit. That's all I say. And then they respond back to like, okay. And they're like, wait, so does that mean we don't want to take this fight? And I'm like, I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I just used to train with him and I'm hearing it from his side of the world that we already have this fight booked and I haven't even heard about him being an option. So that's, that's more what I'm saying. So we, they, we got on the phone, we figured it out. We figured out he was probably one of the best options stylistically um, out of the options that I had, which wasn't many. Um, and yeah, so we accepted that fight. It's cool. I mean, like at first I was like, uh, you know, he's my friend. I, or I thought we were friends, you know, and he's all excited about fighting me as if he's going to smoke me or, you know, hurt me or beat me, you know, and that I'm not the kind of guy that like enjoys a person wanting to hurt me. You know what I mean? Like even in a fight, if I feel like, Oh, he's throwing that hard, he's trying to hurt me. I like in my head, I like, crank it up and I'm just like, no, I'm not trying to get hurt. You know, I'm going to do whatever I have to do for you to not hurt me with that again. You know what I'm saying? Or, or attempt to hurt me. You know what I mean? Say you hit me with a kick. Okay. Well, I'm a crowd you grab your neck and choke you, you know, like, <laughs> so do you feel like, so do you feel like he kind of talked himself into this fight? Maybe so. Yeah. But then again, like it kind of didn't look super duper professional in my opinion how they looked for an opponent for me. Now it isn't the longest notice. It was only about a month and, and a half, um, but they like posted it on Instagram. Like who wants to test Joseph uh, or ugly man, Joe, see if he's ready for it for Dana white contract. You know, they posted it on an Instagram story, you know, and I saw it and I'm like, you know, y'all don't just have a roster. You can see what's the best matchup for me, you know, like, but no, that wasn't the case, but a fury did this. Yeah, so, you know, I saw it on, like, the Fury Instagram page. Like, who wants to test Ugly Man Joe? Like, and I saw it, and I was like, why is that how we're fighting me an opponent right now? You know, because it's supposed to be something that makes sense. You know, not just, like, this guy that offers himself to, you know, oh, I can beat him. You know, they've been watching me my whole career, and you know, and you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I guess however it's supposed to work is whatever. I mean, this probably gets you a little more amped up than you probably thought, right? Doing it that yeah. way. 
Yeah, kind of. Kind of just like, oh, I'm, it's like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> y'all looking for someone to come beat me, you know, but it's like an even match, but like they're supposed to come beat me. Like, I, I mean, it's the theme, right? You're looking for a fight. Now they're trying to, to look for a fight too, for you. And someone stepped up, someone who you know pretty well. And he seems very excited about this. Yeah. 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 Hey, let's do it. What I do. So that is obviously exciting stuff. And, and I kind of want to go back a little bit because, you know, you're a young man in this game. You're 26. You've been at this, at least from what I, what I saw in like topology and stuff, four years competitively, how did this all start for you? Like what got you into the gym for the first time? What made you think to yourself, you, you know, it would be a fun job getting in a cage and punching and getting punched in the face. Well, I walked into a gym in like 2014. It was November. I had just met a guy. I think we were riding to the fair and I had just met some new people headed to the fair that were with a friend of mine. And, um, he had an SFS hoodie on, and, um, I just asked, what is that? And he explained it to me. It's an MMA gym. You should go try it out. They do free classes. And I was like, okay, cool. I was just working at UPS at this time as well. So I think I was just making like 200 bucks a week, you know, something small like that. Um, so I went and tried it. It was a little bit pricey for me at the time. I was like, I had an apartment, but I made it work. And I, just been in the gym since like when I first tried it, I remember I was like getting smashed, but like the, I would always end up going with the more advanced people just because of my size. And I was playing college football, you know, before I, I went there. So I was a pretty in shape guy. So I learned everything real well. And also like I'm a visual learner. So normally like they'll show us something or, you know, obviously the coach is like walk, you know, showing it. And then, you know, they do, you do it. You know, so I would normally do it pretty easily or, you know, maybe I'd have to ask one more time, like, show me again. But I'm normally really good at, like, seeing something and doing it. So I ended up comp competing really early, like two months into training. And it was a gigantic tournament. It was Europa. And this was like 2015 or so, you know. So Europa was huge at the time, if you know anything about jujitsu tournaments. Yeah. And um, I ended up having two huge brackets. Like my first one was like eight fights. And then my second one was like, like nine or 10 fights, like a whole bunch of fights, something insane. Right. I ended up fighting like 19 times or 18 times that day. Cause I was winning a lot of them. So get to the end. I ended up getting like third place in Gi, And then I ended up getting like fourth place in um, no Gi. And I, I had never been so proud of a third place medal. So after that happened, I just kept going with jujitsu, kept going with MMA. And uh, now here we are. <laughs> Man, so night, how, how long was the, was the day? Like what was like a 24 hour tournament, 19 times. It's insane. Dude, I fought back to back to back. <laughs> Our bracket was gigantic. I remember looking at all these white belts cause you know, I was a white belt. And I'm just like, dude, everybody's pumped. And I fought a lot of the same guys in the second bracket too. But like, man, it was insane. That is wild, man. Can I, yeah. let me ask you, let me ask you something. I have a, I have an eight year old who I just, he just started MMA like three weeks ago, maybe. And well, like what advice would you give him? Cause he's getting humbled up in there. He doesn't really, he's, 
he's not really pulling the trigger. He's just like, he's there. He knows the moves. Like he's the, the, the technique. I feel like he's got the technique down, but he's afraid to like pull the trigger and like take it to that next level, like not hurt people. But I think he's like afraid that he might hurt people. What advice would you give him? Uh, just keep training and, uh, you know, it ain't about hurting anyone. It's just about learning how to defend yourself and do everything to the best of your ability. So as long as you're doing it to the best of your ability, you're doing it totally fine. Even if it it is timid or, you know, even if he is like afraid of getting hit right now, just keep going and just know as long as you're doing your best, you're doing just fine. <laughs> well said. Can I ask where the nickname came from? I mean, obviously ugly kid. Joe was a, uh, I remember when I was a little kid, ugly kid. Joe was like a, was like a rock rock and roll. He had like one album that was kind of successful. Um, and obviously ugly kid. Joe is something that people say all the time, but is ugly man just a play off of that? Or is there more to it than that? No, ugly man. Joe is kind of, when, when ugly man gang, which is a friend of like a group of friends, uh, and me, we created just a group, social media type of group, uh, where we just kind of express ourselves. Like, like when you see, like, if I see my friend, that's also part of ugly man gang, even if he looks super duper nice, I'll probably like tell him he doesn't look good. You know, I'll probably like <laughs> joke about his shoes or joke about his shirt, you know, or you know, say his pants are flooding or something, you know, like, but that would just really be us like, you know, saying the opposite of that, if that makes any sense. Cause they will be like, you know, it's, they have to like be confident in themselves, you know, and be like, boy, you know, like what, boy, these are, you know, whatever, you know, these shoes would cost me whatever, you know? And that's kind of like how things were at the time when I was in college, just like going out to parties and um, having fun and, you know, stuff like that. So that's where Ugly Man Gang came from. And Ugly Man Joe is just my version of it because I'm Joe, you know, or most people call me Joe. (laughs) That makes sense. sense. Where'd you go to college? I went to Arkansas Tech University. All right. And you played football there for all four years? No, I just, I just redshirted there. Um, and then I left after that and then I tried to walk on at Navarro, um, and then kind of just lost motivation for football. And now look at you getting ready to fight in front of Dana White for the second time. Looks like you made the right choice, right? Oh yeah. 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 Life has a way of pushing you in the direction you're supposed to go. Completely agree. So November 14th is when you get this opportunity in front of the big boss, looking for a fight, big opportunity for you. How do we get this done? How do we how do we put the big man in charge in a position where it is undeniable? We got to get, we got to give ugly man, Joe, a contract here. I have to go in there and not only bring the whole group of people that I bring with me to every fight I go to uh, that I am in. Um, but I got to just do what I do, man. Just go in there, finish this guy. Um, just show it's undeniable that something I have, which is very simple, take your back and chuck you out. Um, it's hard for people to handle because I have a long jab to do and I have nice combinations and I'm smarter than most people in the cage. So we're octagon now. Um, so yeah, I just have to do what I do. Finish this guy. I don't really like judges, so I don't like to deal with them and, um, I'm not getting finished, but he will be. (laughs) There you go. 
Joe, I appreciate it, man. Congratulations on the opportunity. Congratulations on the win on the contender series. This is without getting a contract. This is about as good as it can get. You're getting a second chance. The door wasn't slammed and it seems like you are ready to kick that door wide open and earn yourself a, a UFC fight to kick off 2022 at some time. So I appreciate the time. Congratulations and all the best to you on November 14th, man. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate your time. Great stuff from Joseph Holmes right there. Great stuff from Jake Hadley. Nearly 40 minutes with one of the newest members of the UFC's flyweight division. Excited to see the futures for both of those guys. Of course, you can see Joseph Holmes, November 14th, Fury FC. Part of Dana White's looking for a fight. He'll get a chance to earn that UFC contract. And Jake Hadley, we'll see what happens with him. There's a lot of really exciting matchups for him at 125 pounds. But that's it. The show is over. Thank you for joining us. Lots of stuff coming up on the podcast network over the next few days to get you ready for a very busy weekend in the world of mixed martial arts. Later on today or Thursday, whenever whenever you're listening, maybe it's already out. Between the Links is back. We're on the road to the BTL eight-person tournament to crown an undisputed BTL champion heading into 2022. We have a great matchup, so make sure you go back and check that out preview show for UFC Vegas 41 for Bellator 269 of course the return of Fedor Emelianenko takes on Timothy Johnson that's the main event of Bellator 269 UFC Vegas 41 will be headlined by Paulo Costa versus Marvin Vittori so we'll talk about that in the preview show then we'll have all your post-fight coverage results post-fight interviews news and notes from a very busy weekend upon us in the world of MMA. And then AK and I will be back on Sunday to matchmake for the notable names coming out of UFC Vegas 41. And we are excited to do that. So until then, everybody, thank you for joining us. We'll see you right back here next week once again on We Got Next. Sure, we've all had fun messing around with AI image generators and conversation bots, but AI is more than a novelty, and it's possible that your business could benefit from AI integration. SAP Business AI can help your business innovate, whether it's supply chain, finance, human resources, sales and marketing, even a generative AI co-pilot. SAP Business AI can offer the solutions you've only dreamt of. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Learn more at sap.com slash AI.